desert of northern New Mexico. This is Circle for Original Thinking. I'm your host, Glenn Aparicio Perry. Welcome to Circle for Original Thinking, America's electronic talking circle for visionary thinkers. An open forum for fresh ideas and timeless wisdom applied to today's political and ecological challenges. Each week, we bring together creative thinkers from a variety of different traditions. We ask the hard questions on the important issues of the day. Political polarization, climate change, virulent viruses, and other symptoms of humanity being out of balance with the natural world. Our, our goal is to recreate a whole and sacred America, a new and improved version of E Pluribus Unum, from the many to the one, and this time not leave anybody out. Join us as we embark on this quest. Marcellus Bearhard Williams is what I call a living ancestor. A living ancestor is a person whose wisdom has not departed, but instead has taken up residence in the hearts of those who loved him and even perhaps in those that never met him, someone like myself. Living ancestors are not deceased as in inert or forgotten. Their energy has not been destroyed. Their spirit and work in the world is ongoing. Join us as we enter into a conversation with the spirit of Bearheart, his wife, Regina Water Spirit, and and medicine helper, and also entering the conversation is Tim Amsden, Amsden, the editor of the newly released book from Synergetic Press, The Bear is My Father, which is the brilliant companion piece to the equally brilliant The Wind is My Mother that first came out in 1996. So I want to introduce my guests now. And... Uh, first, I'm going to introduce Marcellus Bearheart Williams because we're inviting him into the conversation. Um, and we're inviting in all the ancestors that bring wisdom through us. So thank you so much. And thank you, Regina, for your beautiful prayer before we pressed record. Thank you so much. Now, Marcellus Bearheart Williams was born a full-blooded member of the Muscogee Creek Nation in 1918 in Oklahoma. And he was one of the last traditionally trained medicine persons of his tribe. And he studied for 14 years under two different medicine men. And then he went on to obtain an undergraduate degree, a divinity degree, majoring in biblical Greek, and uh, eventually an honorary PhD in humanities. He was a road man in the Native American church, an ordained American Baptist minister, and he spoke 14 languages, 13 of them native. He prayed with President Truman. He put down prayers with police and firemen at Ground Zero New York City. And he served on a variety of national and international panels and board. And he has authored two books, of course, The, uh, the Wind is My Mother and The Bear is My Father, which we've mentioned. Um, and and he, he passed to the spirit world in August 4th, 2008, but his energy and open-hearted, unconditional love continues to radiate and continues to enrich people all around the globe, including our guests here, very much so. So Regina Water Spirit, who is yes. the wife and medicine helper of Bearheart, is the co-author of The Bear Is My Father. And Regina is originally from the Bronx, New York, 
And she's an artist. She's an artist from birth, she says. And she has see, she sees all of life as art and has owned and operated numerous businesses, all centered around some form of art. In 1979, she boarded the Queen Elizabeth II ship in New York Harbor and crossed the Atlantic Ocean bound for Europe. And after traveling through the Netherlands to the Greek islands, she ended up in Italy in the 14th century structure that was inhabited by Machiavelli when he wrote The Prince. And in the early 1980s, she studied voice dialogue from the originators of the method Hal and Sidra Stone. And that was the beginning of a life change that led her to meeting Bearheart. She was 42 years old when she embarked on a brand new life adventure with Bearheart, and they worked and traveled together for the next 23 years throughout the United States, Europe, Mexico, Canada. And she went on to become an independent teacher of voice dialogue and other psycho-spiritual disciplines, and now she teaches art in the park a realistic type drawing class for the very young and the elderly that honors our connection with all living things. Now, Regina is a member of the Earth Tribe. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a group, a community of individuals. They've been influenced by Bearheart, um, but they're very much uh, people who experience themselves as one of many species, not higher or lower in stature with the animals, the plants, the minerals, etc. Um, and Regina herself is very much a dog and animal lover and lives in Albuquerque. I think your dog now is Rocky, right? But, uh, but uh, she... Yes. Yes, she, and uh, and Rocky reinforces her her connection to the land. She's had some wonderful dogs. I've met some of them. So now Tim Tim Ampson, who uh, was born in Wichita, Kansas, um, and he earned his JD from the University of Iowa and worked for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in Kansas City for 25 years primarily on water quality protection issues. Bless you, Tim. Thank you for that. He now lives with his wife, Lucia, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and his writings have appeared in journals and anthologies throughout the U.S., as well as in Canada, Algeria, Ireland, and Turkey. And he has a full-length book of poetry, Vanishing Point, that was published in 2015. Of course, he's the editor, and con he's also a contributor to the book, The Bear is My Father. He, that, we'll talk about that, perhaps, but The Bear is My Father includes, besides Bearheart's original writing and Regina's original writing, there are other contributions from people who knew and loved Bearheart, which is very sweet. So uh, he has, he's also right now just about finished with his own book called Love Letter to Ghostland, Living Along an Ancient New Mexico Trail, which is a portrait of his life with Lucia in Rama, New Mexico, and the history and deep spirit that permeates that sacred place. And boy, that is a very sacred place out there. Um, so welcome, uh Tim, welcome, Regina, welcome, Bearheart, welcome, whoever is listening, and all the spirits of the ancestors that are listening, too. We welcome you all. We have room. We have room. Come on in. Hello. How's everyone doing today? Thank you Great, so Glenn. much, Glenn. Great. Great to be here. Okay. Well... I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a, a a softball question. Well, maybe not really, but but um, 
Um, I understand that when Bearheart um, prepared people to go out on a vision quest, he would ask them to ask themselves, who am I? Why am I here? What are my gifts? What am I supposed to be doing? So I want to ask our guests to answer those questions and also perhaps add how uh, Bearheart or others may have helped uh, find your own way. Who am I? Why am I here? What are my gifts? What am I supposed to be doing? That kind of gets to the core of the matter, doesn't it? Um, so Regina, we'll start with, with you. Well, thank you, Glenn. That's such a perfect question. I'm not saying it's an easy one to answer. I'm just saying the question is perfect. Um, I have to get one little thing out of the way before I can concentrate on that, is that many people say that Bearheart spoke in 14 languages, spoke 14 languages. But in my original writing about that, there's a little tiny word, I-N, in he spoke in 14 languages, so I'm putting that out there on this podcast to try to get everybody to focus on that because I don't want to misrepresent him as being fluent in those languages. Thank you for listening to that. Um, now, uh, why am I here? Uh, why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, these are very big questions, and the reason that you go on a vision quest and that you fast and don't have water uh, is to prepare your whole being, uh, not just your body, but your mind, your spirit, everything, to prepare yourself um, for nature, to connect with nature in a way that lets you know the answer to those questions. So I think what I would like to share um, is a quick little story. I'll give you the shortened version of it. How a, I was out on a vision quest with a group of people. I wasn't really scheduled to quest with them, but I decided at the last minute I'm going out there. So I find myself a nice place by a tree and I put my Indian blanket down. And I've got my chinupa. And I'm holding on to that pipe because the instructions are you hold on to the pipe and take care of that pipe. It will take care of you. So a 60 mile an hour wind comes up, a real wind, not a spirit wind, comes up. And um, I'm holding on to that pipe for dear life. All of a sudden, I'm flying around the universe and I have this uh, feeling that I am no longer taking care of the pipe, holding on to the pipe, but that the pipe is taking me on a journey mm. and the pipe is holding me. Mm. Now, I have to say that I don't follow, you know, all the, um, the ways of uh, Native Americans in using the pipe. I have a personal pipe, um, but I'm not going to say too much about that right now. So my purpose and what I do in life, I would describe as 
trying to help people get in touch with uh, their own individual psychic fingerprint. In other words, relating that to the pipe taking care of me and, and directing the travel, once you get in touch with your, your individual psychic fingerprint, we say, the clues are there. They've been there from the very beginning. Uh, just like me getting my name Water Spirit. Mm. One of my earliest remembrances is I was about three or four years old. My brother was holding me up to a, a water fountain in the Catskill Mountains, mm. and the sun was shining on the water drops. Mm. There it is, right there, right from the beginning. And then I could go on and on and tell you stories about water and how it was speaking to me. And here I am with this name, Water Spirit. Who knew? Mm. <laughs> mm. So that's, so that's one of what your I gifts. Do. That's one of your gifts to connect to water and the spirit of water. And that's it was manifested from three years old. That's your earliest memory. Well, it, it is a gift, but more important then the gift to me is that I've learned tools, like in the voice dialogue work, I've learned tools to pass on to other people so that they can get in touch with these clues that help them say, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be, uh, I have this gift and I'm supposed to be using it. Mm -hmm. And how did Bearheart get you to, well, he's the one who got you to the vision quest, I imagine. Um, but how, uh, how, did, how did he shift your life? And I know it's so many ways, but, but uh, just share one story with us <laughs> that awakened you. <laughs> I, mean, I have to. I have to pick one story. If I have to give you, can I give you? I'll give you a, a cue if you don't mind, because I thought it was really. Beautiful. I don't mind. When you were talking about the the, the uh, doing the healing work with the with the woman that suffered from Bell's palsy, and uh -huh. that, uh, and then you had this this awareness around the. Um, you know, you began to become aware that sometimes you had negative feelings towards people attending, um, you know, help from bare heart, but, but then somehow something shifted for you. That was, that was well, you know, um, uh, I once said to, um, Shelly Morris and Dominguez, uh, who's an actress, uh, a late, late Shelly Morrison, I said to her, you know, I don't like 98% of the people who come to see Bearheart. They're the neediest people I've ever met. <laughs> and she looked at me, she looked at me and she said, Regina, why do you think they come to see Bearheart? And I'm like, it stopped my brain process, you know? And I said to myself, oh my God, I'm one of them. You know, it's like, Yes, we all have needs, and we seek out people, in this case, Bearheart, who maybe looks like he has an answer for that. And I think the answer that I got was, ultimately, I mean, it didn't happen overnight, that's for sure, was 
uh, a connection with nature that I went through a whole string of people. But if I pay attention to what's happening around me, we say, watch what comes into your circle. Um, if I pay attention to that, uh, they're speaking to me all the time. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. I just went uh, for the book to do a little impromptu book signing at a store in Old Town, Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. And a white, a pure white dove came and sat on the ground. I've never seen him at my house before. He sat on the ground and stared at me. I couldn't even close the door of my car. Mm. And Earhart always communicated through that dove. Mm. And, but I've never seen one here until I was going to do that little book signing. Oh, my. And so he was just giving me a blessing. I asked him to please get out of the way because I was late. <laughs> uh, okay well thank thank you i want to turn to tim and uh, ask him um who also was touched by bearheart as, as a dear friend um uh, you know I, I don't even know if you've gone on the vision quest with Bearheart, but I'm sure you've considered these questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What are my gifts? What am I supposed to be doing? And how that may have, uh, how would you answer that? If, um, and I apologize for the easy questions. We do this, this, this podcast is a little different. I mean, we do deep dialogue on it. So I, but, but uh, go right ahead. Well, that's uh, that's a, that's probably the fundamental question. Uh, when I think back on my life, I realize that uh, that why I, who am I and why am I here reveals itself more in where did I go when I didn't know I was going to go there. Uh, I think of the ancient Chinese curse that says, "May your fondest dreams come true." And uh, following the meander of my life from Wichita, Kansas to, uh, to you know, all the places I've gone working at EPA on water issues, which is, which is a, a, a nice synchronicity with uh, Regina's water name. And, uh, and, I, and I, I realized that, that probably the, the reason I'm here is just to kind of elevate the energy of things if I can. Uh, uh, it, it, however that works out, I, I love to write. Uh, one, of the amazing, one of the amazing things was to move to Raymond, New Mexico from Kansas City and discover this place that included Bearheart and Regina and other people that were much different than the people I knew and discover that I loved that place more than any place else on earth. And so, so you know, there, there are doors that open even when you're in your 70s, because we were in our 60s at the time. We, and, and so uh, it's just interesting to look back and say, wasn't that, ama wasn't that an amazing step that we took that led us to uh, Regina and Bearheart and all the other wonderful people out there and that deep, deep spiritual connected place, uh, both because of the people who have lived there in their history and the power of the natural world. And so, uh, so that's, that was, it's, 
it's, my wife and I were just talking, this and I were just talking this morning about how often your calling, uh, you may have many callings and they may come to you early and they may come to you late, but ours, uh, and, and that was true of both of us that we'd had callings and we'd gone here and there in our lives. But it's nice to be able to say, there are new horizons and new discoveries and new ways to open up. And, and certainly Bearheart and Regina uh, blew the doors off a lot of things for us. And not just uh, not just them, but the, the Zunis and the Navajos and the other people who were there and the, the old hippies and the whole, you know, that, that, whole, that whole mix. And so I guess I'm here to continue to experience things and to try to elevate the energy of things and, uh, and to just just uh, continue to live the best life that I can. So. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so thank you. Uh, so want to also ask the, the question, I, uh, how this book came about, The Bear is My Father, because um, it comes out um, quite a bit after the, the Wind is My Mother, and it has this uh, gestation period that's unusually long, but, but I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that it has come out. And so um, I want to ask you both, um, we'll go back to Regina, but, you know, I mean, the, the, what is the story behind this book? And, uh, and feel free to include any, you know, related stories of Bearheart that as they just come up in natural flow, um, because this is an important book and I'm so glad it came out and, uh, uh, and I heartily endorse it and encourage everyone to read it. Uh, the bear is my father on uh, synergetic press. So Regina. Yes. Uh, well, definitely it was a long gestation period. Um, I think it's been close to 20 years. Uh, well, when the wind is my mother came out in 1996 uh, and Merhart was actually reading his own book, he turned to me and he said, you know, I have a lot more to say. I said, well, Bearheart, you know, you don't have to be a one-book guy. You could write another book. He didn't really write it. We taped him. Uh, so he started making notes, and he started asking me questions about, you know, what I thought about this and that. And uh, we we uh, recorded some things and put them down. And I said, you know, it would be nice if we allowed other people to talk about their experiences with you because you've helped so many people and uh, they've had these life-changing experiences. So why don't we, instead of making it such a, you know, just a follow-up, why don't we invite these people into the book? And so people would come to visit and we would interview them and record them and get it transcribed. And those people, uh, they're all over the place. I don't know if the ones from Europe actually made it. I don't think they made it into the book, but others from uh, upstate New York, Kansas, Texas, from all over the United States are in the book. And I, I just, uh, and then when I got a telephone call from Synergetic Press from uh, Doug Rael, one of the things that he said to me that really touched my heart was that he felt 
that this book was different and important because it included the voices of the community that Bearheart had been close to and had done so much for. And boy, I, I'll tell you, I just felt so acknowledged by that because mm. I kind of thought, well, maybe it was just a silly thing to do. You know, the book should be just about Bearheart. And it is about Bearheart, but it's through the eyes of people that he supported. That's really important. That's really important. And Tim, you were a contributor of the book. What was the story that you told about your experience with Bearheart? Please share it. I'll add just one thing to what Regina said, which is that we drafted the book in one form maybe 17 years ago. And then later, when we had a new opportunity, we changed it as Regina suggested, which I think added all kinds of things to it. The blessing for me of that long timeline was that I had Regina, we had Regina and Bearheart as a family and friend. And it meant that I, that Bearheart would talk to me and include me and Regina uh, when, he, when he did some things because he knew uh, an insight would help me to be a better editor. And uh, one of the things was, uh, in particular, was going to a, a Sundance. I've never been to a Sundance. We'd seen the movie many, many years ago, you know, that involved the Sundance. Uh, but it was, a, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience to go and attend a Sundance. And they stayed with us for, it was a three-day three day dance. And, uh, and to, to, to go there as an observer, as a guest, and there was almost no one there except family of people who were dancing, and, and watch the, the piercings and the dancing and the pulling back and the tearing out of the, of the, of the, of the, of the uh, of the ties on their shoulders or on their on their on their the ends of the shoulders, and 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 just appreciate what a, what a deep experience these people are going through, and what an honor it is to be there and fall into that chant, that that continuous drumming chant that goes on for three days off and on while the people are dancing, and Bearheart and Regina were there. Bearheart was an honored elder, and he would pray with the dancers uh, as they before they set out, and and he I know he'd sun danced uh, several times himself, and it was just uh, that kind of being able to be inside and look at things. I went with Bearheart once for a, when he did a when he did a medicine ceremony with a mutual friend of ours, and with her permission, I got to observe that, and and we talked mm -hmm. about things like that and so it's just that to be inside of those things and be able to spend that time with their heart and with Regina was just a magnificent gift wonderful wonderful and I I love reading that part in the uh, with that tale where you were talking about how when it was time to go to the Sundance you would uh Noticed that uh, Bearheart had just, you know, put on his hat and maybe he was walking, <laughs> walking out the door and he was just going down the road. And it was like 30 miles away of the Sundance. But when you, when you guys got aware, you know, found out he wasn't there anymore, and then you figured out he was on the road, then you'd go pick him up and go on. <laughs> You know, he wouldn't but, say. He wouldn't say it's time to go. Let's let's jump in the car. He'd just be gone, and we knew he'd be well, out there to pick him up. Yeah, yeah. He, he, 
Well, I mean, one of the things that's that really comes through all the time. And I think it's, you know, I have this unusual experience because uh, Regina, I consider you a really dear friend and uh, also Mike Three Bears, a dear friend. And you're both, you know, incredibly close to Bearheart. You were his wife. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Mike Three Bears ended up uh, leading Vision Quest in the Bearheart, I guess you'd say method, um, um, with the blessing of Bearheart, um, and uh, I hadn't met Bearheart personally, but I sure, sure feels like I have, and and I feel his spirit coming through all the time, and I feel his sense of humor, you know, through through you, and uh, uh, and and I just just want to ask you, what were the the, the most I also appreciate too how Bearheart himself said, you know, you know, so many so many people are. Uh, uh, they're they're too serious. Like they'll read one heavy book after another, and you know, then he would read, you know, maybe a very serious book and then a very light one, you know, and he and he knew how to keep. He knew how to have balance. He knew how to walk in balance, and so. What are some of the, your experiences with Bearheart where he has uh, his sense of humor has really uh, won the day and just stuck with you? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I'm really so uh, touched by uh, how you come up with these subjects to talk about. Uh, one of my favorite ones of bringing things into balance is the way I would wake up in the middle of the night and Bearheart would be singing, and then I'd realize that he just woke me up with his singing, and he'd be singing, um, Old Man River, that old man river, he just keeps, and you know, so anyway, I don't want to perform here, and I'm not really <laughs> Go for it. Um, and so I'd say, you know, Bearheart, I'm sleeping here. And um, and then in the morning, and this happened over and over and over and over again. I'm, I'm kind of a slow learner. I think that's one of the reasons I spent so much time with him. Um, I, uh, I said, you know, that song, that does have something to do with me. Uh, it was like a, a, an opening for me. It was like I get stuck in places, and I, I'm I'm known as being intense about being intense. And um, I really need to focus on this old man river and how he keeps flowing along, you know. And and Bearheart, he would just bring that out in the middle of the night. Now, if you ask Bearheart why he was singing that song, he would just kind of look at you quizzically, you know, like a little child, like, I don't know, you know, which is <laughs> me. And, of course, I always attributed that to uh, the sacred medicine plant, the peyote, because I always... I would joke around and tell people that his DNA was soaked in peyote and uh, that he would be in touch with the medicine that was needed for the moment. Mm. And so he was being a channel 
this is, you know, I may be making this up, but this is my viewpoint of what was going on. He was being a channel to bring in the medicine that I needed in that moment. Now, maybe he needed it also, but I wasn't focused on that. And I can't tell you how many times people, especially women, have come to me crying, crying, saying, Regina, why did Bear Heart say this to me? (laughs) Just just throw me off, you know, a cliff. And I'd say, well, you know, let's look at, um, at what's going on here. And because there's medicine there, there's medicine. And sometimes the medicine doesn't taste so good, you know, but if we just take a tiny little bit of it, which is all I've really had of the medicine plant, uh, the peyote, just a tiny little bit of it sometimes can do a lot. Hmm. So that's, uh, I hope that that uh, is somewhat of an answer for you. When I did want to say, how much I appreciate Tim and Lucia because he keeps saying these beautiful things about me. But I have to tell everybody, this book, uh, The Bear is My Father, would not be here without Tim and Lucia. Um, People think that I'm responsible for it, but the truth is um, they were the backbone of making this book happen. So oh. I just wanted to slip that in. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and Tim, what were the uh, were there particular challenges of uh, editing a book of material from a spiritual elder that's steeped in the oral tradition? And really, it's a uh, the book emerges from him speaking and the recording of his speaking. So how does that? How does that? Uh, it, it is it is a challenge. Uh, 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 Assembling a book like that is a challenge, but the thing about Bearheart is that that it's almost his energy is more powerful than his words, and it comes through, it flows through the book, it flows through me. I still have Bearheart around, helping me with what I'm doing now, and uh, and uh, he just—it's a matter of energy. This is a man who was highly educated, who. Uh, who was uh, a Baptist minister, a roadman in the Native American church, a traditional uh, medicine person from his tribe, but he, but he spoke very simply. He, 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 his appearance and his way of speaking and his nature are all very much uh, uh, from his tribe and from his background and from his history. And, and it, can be, it can look deceptively simple. Uh, he, he, I think. I think when you've been through everything he's been through and looked at so many things, he loved all the different religions. He loved the way the Jewish people had rites of passage. Uh, he knew people who were uh, Hindus and Muslims, and he he was familiar with all of that. He had no judgments about any of that kind of thing. He was his his gift was that he he could speak to anyone. The people that that I knew first time I met Bearheart, we were we were at a wedding with uh, the, the eclectic people in, in, our, in our new home in Rama and and, uh, and he was performing a ceremony that was a native ceremony and it involved the gay community it involved uh, 
uh, and people that weren't gay and involved everybody there and everybody felt like they were a part of it and he ne- he just didn't carry judgments about people he was he could describe the pain that his ancestors had gone through but he didn't he didn't carry a grudge uh, he was open to everybody and the man who was getting married was a white man and he called Bearheart grandfather and there were so many people from so many walks of life who called this man grandfather because he was without judgment he could he could he could walk in any environment he could be on a on a panel of experts in germany or he could he could he could he would be ministering to people through a road through a, through a Native American church ceremony in a with peyote in a in a uh, sweat lodge. So he mm. just just a phenomenal, phenomenal man. Uh, yes, and, and what a you. gift that was, and that energy flowed through everything we did in putting this book together. Thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, he did have the gift of uh, forgiveness, and I, I can't remember which book it's in, whether it's in The Witness My Mother or The Bearest My Father, but at one point he breaks down the word forgiveness, and it's forgiving. <laughs> and he says, giving what? Uh, love. <laughs> so I, I, I really uh, appreciated the way he made a connection between love and forgiveness that was, uh, you know, just a, a sacred bond there. Simple, but pure, true. So I wanted to ask you, Regina, next, um, you know, about the... It's almost humorous the thing that happened when when Bearheart was dying. Almost humorous because you know because <laughs> you found humorous and every humor in everything, and you were very concerned it's, about it's it. Ir- time, it's irreverent. Right? It's, it's irreverent to be humorous about dying, but well, he um, had no problem. He had no problem with it. <laughs> I, okay, and I hope you don't have a problem with me either doing that. But no, yeah, so I mean, you were concerned. <laughs> Remember, you were concerned about him because you thought like maybe he. That he wanted to cross over, but he wasn't, you know, maybe there was something preventing him or something. You weren't sure. So you you asked him about that. And he said something very interesting that you didn't find out till after he passed what he was really saying. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us that story. It's pretty fascinating. Well, actually, it was the hospice people who brought it to my attention that he wasn't going on schedule. And I was like, well, excuse me, you know, but that's between him and his creator. I don't have anything to do with it. I'm just here to take care of him physically. So I went in, I sat down on the edge of the bed, and I said, Bearheart, you know, the hospice people are saying that the reason that you haven't gone on yet is because there's too much love in the house. And so he kind of just looked at me, and I said, well, you know, do you want to go or do you want to stay? And um, he said, well, I'd like to stay, but I have to go. So I said, well, okay, that answers that. And I went back and I told the hospice people what he said and everything. And, of course, then several months went by. I don't know how many months, maybe seven. And um, two years after he passed, 
the movie came out, Lincoln, and I wanted to see it by myself because Bearhart loved Lincoln, mm-hmm. and I didn't want any interference from any friends talking to me or anything. So I, w- I went to the movies by myself. This was obviously before uh, COVID, and um, uh, Lincoln is in his little cabinet room. It was just a little dark office. And I'm sure a lot of people saw the movie and his cabinet fellows or buddies are there and he's about ready to go to the theater and Mary, his wife is like really on his case about going to the theater and he's putting on his, his overcoat and he says to his buddies, he says, you know, I'd like to stay, but I have to go. And at that moment in the movie, I said to myself, that little rascal, he was, <laughs> quoting Lincoln. he was quoting Lincoln to me on his deathbed yeah. when I'm talking about a serious thing, you know, and he quoted Lincoln to me. He always knew. He was always on purpose. He always knew what he was saying, why he was saying it, and what effect it was going to have. And uh, I certainly have not mastered that yet. Wow. I'm working on it. What a story. And and I want to ask you one other thing that's related to the subject. Um, You know, uh, Bearhart had had suffered the the loss of his uh, his son that uh, um, in and something that connects the wind is my mother to the bear is my father, I thought very powerfully was the addition of the person that you discovered, um, Herb McDonald. So the 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 uh, Bearheart Bearheart didn't know about Herb in his life, but but uh, you know he had lost his son in an airplane accident, um, and yeah. and then. But uh, somehow, and tell us the story of how you met Herb and how you found out the story of how he uh, 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 was involved in in uh, the recovery project of, well, it turned out to be no living, uh, but the recovery project of the people who had died on the plane and the unique circumstances of Bearhart's son. That's a powerful well, story to share it. Yeah. Well, Bearhart's son, Mark Nathan Williams, uh was 17 he wanted to go in the service he was uh, in the coast guard you know uh before that as a teenager i guess a program and uh, they asked him the service fellows asked him to go on a secluded duty because he was so spiritually grounded so uh his parents you know they didn't really want him to go but he insisted on it so they signed the papers and um he said he wanted to get it over with, and he they drove him to San Francisco. The whole story is in the book. And he um, was flying into the Philippines, and the plane um, hit a wire. Uh, it was uh, a pilot problem. And um, I think there were 84 servicemen, young servicemen, and they all perished in that uh, crash. So Herb McDonald happened to be in charge of cleanup um, for that um, Clark's Air Force Base in the Philippines. And he unbuckled 
he says he did the last thing that uh, the boy had done for himself was buckle him in. He unbuckled his seatbelt and laid him out, and he wasn't uh, touched. He must have gone from the inhalation of, of the smoke and everything. So uh, several years after Bearheart passed, um, I got a telephone call from Herb McDonald, and um, he told me the story of how he was reading The Wind Is My Mother, and he read about that uh, crash at Clark's Air Force Base, and he told me about his part in it. Mm. Well, I didn't say anything to his family members because I figured, well, why bring all of this back up at a time like this? It wasn't appropriate. So uh, I never really did. But now it is in the book, The Bear is My Father. And um, it's really kind of an amazing story because it ties together Bearheart's um, story of where he comes from. He was always threatening me from the very beginning that he was going to go to Uranus. And so I said, well, Berard, I'm not going to Uranus. I'm not following you to Uranus. I have no idea what the shopping's like up there. I can get lost <laughs> in, some, in some forgotten place, you know. But so he was talking really about the star nation. And so that story of Mark going on and Herb McDonald ties together the connection with the star nations. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about it right now. It really does. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I was I was moved by the story of the, the fact that that uh, that uh, Bearheart's son he wasn't touched. He was in the in the seat. He, he all these other bodies were you know mutilated in horrific ways. But also, I think that uh, in the book it talks about that his face was was composed. So yeah, it, it's it's Bearhart's son must have been this incredible spiritual being as uh, who who was at peace. And uh, uh, and I think that may have had a lot to do with why his his body wasn't uh, uh, mutilated somehow. It's just an amazing story, and uh, and the fact that that Bearheart's life has touched so many people, and then the wind as my mother touched so many people is translated in so many languages, and it continues to do this beautiful, loving work in the world. And now for the bear as my father to come out, what? What a blessing, and thank you to Synergetic Press. Thank you, Doug Rao, for seeing the beauty in the book. Thank you, Regina. Thank you, Tim, for the wonderful work that you've done on this on this book. It, it's a very, very important book, and it's important for just the reason Regina was speaking about earlier, you know, the way that it brings in this community, the way that it includes all of uh, the human family together. And as Tim was speaking about, the way Bearheart was so inclusive, well, that's the kind of feeling you're going to get if you read this book. And that's, that's an important feeling to have because we are all far more alike than we're different. And I, I wonder how Bearheart would think 
about the United States even now with our polarization and what have you. But I, I think he would be an important messenger, and that's why his message is still very relevant today. We're more alike than we're different, so we better start loving each other. So thank you again. This was this was an, a real honor and a blessing to to do this program. This program is made possible in part by Select Books, Waterside Publications, Bizgenics, and the Ecology Prime Media Channel. Native Flute Music by Orlando Secatero from the Pathways CD. Liberty Song by artist Ron Crowder, written by Ron Crowder, Jim Casey, and Danny Casey. Post-production editing by Scout Media Strategies. The Circle for Original Thinking is a grassroots think tank whose mission is to seek out the deep origins of contemporary thought in order to remember and restore, sometimes I think restory, heart-centered wisdom for humanity and all our relations on Earth. This podcast is available on Select Books, Inc. Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are normally heard. For more information, go to originalthinking.us or originalpolitics.us. And you can also find and purchase my books, Original Thinking and Original Politics, there. Thank you for listening, and until next week, many blessings of good health and well-being to you. Thank you.